Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby. I'm Paige and we're so glad that you're here. We all face problems both big and small, but having faith shines a whole new light on finding the right solutions. As we sit down each week with some incredible guests, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of the world and to put faith over everything. I'm sure you've all heard of God, but do you really know God? Do you trust Him? Out of everybody that we know, we don't think there is anyone more perfect to speak on this than our pastor of our very own church, Pastor Jack Haynes. Pastor Jack moved to Sydney nearly 40 years ago from Arizona and started our church from scratch. And remember, this was well before church planning was as popular or commoditized as it is now. To make this decision, Pastor Jack had to put all the trust he could muster into his faith. He and his wife, Pastor Carol, put faith over everything. In today's episode, we speak about how you can start putting your own faith and trust in God, the power of retrospect in realizing when we did trust in our faith and why it's important to clear your head from the noise of the world. And lastly, how we as Christians can be more understanding of people who haven't yet found their faith. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Jack, for coming on today. It is such an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. It's my joy and my privilege to be on with you. <laughs> so did you just want to tell our listeners a little bit about what you do? We know that you you know, were born and raised in America, and now you are halfway across the world pastoring a church here in Penrith. Um, so did you just want to tell our listeners a little bit about that story and how that came to be? Because I get Sydney. I get coming to Sydney, but I don't get coming to Penrith. Penrith. <laughs> <laughs> Quite random. <laughs> Well, we, uh, in, in 1987, we were uh, happily, uh, you know, uh, entrenched in our church in Yuma, Arizona. And I'd been the associate pastor there for about 11 years. We had had our three babies there in Yuma. But our church has always had an outreach focus, a missions heart. And um, my pastor asked... Uh, well, actually, it was like my pastor's wife had this like this dream. I was I was in Africa. I had been in Africa for like three or four weeks doing like hardcore missionary work out in the places where they'd never even seen a missionary before. And while I was there, my pastor's wife had this dream and it was like a map of Australia. Now, you have to realize that was so far off our radar. We knew mm. nothing about mm-hmm. Australia. Never <laughs> hardly. I don't even know if I could spell Australia. So far off our radar, but she had this dream and uh, it was a map of Australia and in it, it was like rain was coming down, but instead of raindrops, it was like little babies were coming down and on the ground, standing on the map were people with baskets and they were, they were trying to catch these babies as they were falling, uh, as it were, from the sky, like like almost looked like rain. And God spoke and he said, get your basket down to Australia and get ready for what I'm going to do in that nation. So that dream or vision is what launched Carol and I to come here. This wasn't premeditated. I had no thought about this. It was nothing like that. So when I got back from Africa, my pastor asked me, I'd been his associate for 11 years. He said, would you and Carol be willing to move to, and I thought he was going to say Africa, because that's right, that's where I just been. But he said, it started with an A, but then he said Australia. I was incredulous. And they told us the story of this dream and this vision. And I said, look, you're my pastor, and I love you, and I trust you. And if you think this is what we should do, we'll do it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So my burden and my love and my joy 
for being in Australia came after we obeyed and after we got here. We just strictly came with a sense that, God, I believe you're leading us. I believe you're leading us through the authorities that you've raised up in our lives. You know, our pastor, I I spent three years in the army, so I understood (laughs) chain of command. Mm -hmm. You know, when a lieutenant speaks to a sergeant, I, I get that. And so we came in faith, believing that we were here in the will of God. And then, of course, our love and our passion. And we're Aussies now. You know, we're, we're dinky, die, rigid. You can just bury us here because, you know, we travel the world now on our Australian passports, but we never knew that that that, that, would, that would be the case. So that's a little bit. In 1987, we moved here with three babies, stuffed all of our junk in 11 of my old army duffel bags. <laughs> And we pioneered a church from scratch. We had we had nobody. We had nothing. The only thing we had was American accents, and I'm not sure they were working for us, to be honest. Out here, out here in not the in Penrith, not in Penrith, maybe yeah, in hippie Surrey Hills, but but not in Penrith. <laughs> yeah, I was actually voting for North Shore. I, I, oh gosh, you know, I like North Shore. <laughs> That's but it. Lord, we 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 came out this way. We stopped at Mount Druitt. So all these young people, they were getting off the train. They were just coming out of school, and uh, we our heart just was filled with, you know, just something for all these young people. And so from Mount Jewett, we just kept coming further and got here to Penrith. And yeah. And when we got here, we just sort of thought, dude, we're home. <laughs> yeah. That's it, right? We um we actually asked this question kind of deliberately, actually, because I knew the kind of the story behind it. But the whole, I guess, overarching theme of this new season is faith over everything. So it's you know, we're always faced with these really challenging problems in life. And, you know, we're required to put faith in into God and into the, the will of Him and the plan for our lives. So I guess what are the things that you and Pastor Carol did to really put faith in that decision to move here? Because you needed faith, right? You had to trust in your pastor and you had to trust in that vision. You know, what are some of the things that really helped you, you know, I guess, build that trust and that, um, yeah, I guess just faith in, in making that decision because it's a big decision. <laughs> well, very much so, Ben, a life-altering decision, oh, obviously. Absolutely. Yep. for us yep. and you know we're we're very patriotic americans you know and and uh so but i uh i had been walking with jesus for a long time before we came here and um i gave my heart to christ when i was just 10 years old from a non-christian uh, uh family uh, i was in a little sunday school and gave my heart to christ so my walk with him uh through my childhood uh without you know, necessarily the affirmation uh, of parents or anything like that. I come from a dysfunctional, broken home. But uh, through high school, through college, through the military, and I, I knew that I could trust him. I, I knew. And then when we, the, the church we connected with there in um, Arizona uh, was, um, uh, it was a, uh, it was back in the seventies and it was a charismatic church. Well, that was totally strange to me because I was, I was Baptist. I was born again as a Baptist kid and I surrendered, preached the gospel and ministry as a Baptist. And that's where I was kind of comfortable. And that's where I felt, but God moved us into this young pioneering church that was spirit filled. And uh, so it was a big learning curve for me. All It was all new to me, to be honest with you. But one of the things our pastor taught us all the time was faith. Faith. I doubt there was a Sunday bin that at some point he did not go back to teaching us faith. And so when that, you know, uh, ask, that big ask came, would we go? We had to fall back on all that reservoir and all that teaching that had been maybe some of it theory. Now we had to stake, I, I don't want to be over dramatic here, but I think we had to stake our life on it to get on an airplane with three babies and fly to the other side of the world with um, with nothing but faith. But true. It's incredible, you know. 
Gosh. And I think that, I, I mean, we talk about this a lot, how, you know, the the whole principle of, of loving God and having faith in God is that you have to trust in the unknown. Like you have to commit yourself to making those really tough decisions and following and seeing them through, you know, just to see what happens, see if the, the dots line up and, and see if they connect. Well, this kind of leads me into the next thing I was going to ask you, Pastor Jack, was Pastor Carl came on our Connect um, Zoom the other night and she was talking oh. um, about the beauty of retrospect and how we can look back and see the moments of where we took those steps of faith. God showed up. And so I guess my question for you is now, like, how can we, with everything going on in the world right now, why do you think it's so important to put faith over everything? Yeah. Well, I, I love the way you phrased that. The, the, you said the beauty of retrospect. Yeah. It gives me the goosebumps. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got it right now. Yeah. I, I think to me what that means is he who has been faithful will be faithful. He who has been good will be good. He who has brought us through will bring us through. This is our testimony. You know, he's been good to me all my life. He's never failed me. And so, you know, may we are in some crazy times right now. I mean, we're doing this lockdown. I'm yeah. not there in your house <laughs> doing this with you. You're yeah, not here in yeah. my office doing it with me because of the insanity of the day we're living in. But nothing that so the world is changed full on the world is maybe gone mad i i don't doubt that at all but i'm telling you something not me i'm getting better i'm getting clearer i'm getting stronger my love is growing my my heart for god is growing my heart for others is growing so i i'm not going to let the uh, madness of the day and i'm not going to get caught up in all of the insanity of it you know just go oh, lord just go on the web and you will go nuts you can measure your your stress and your craziness probably by the hours or the minutes you're spending on the on the web. But if we're spending our time in the things that really matter, the things that can't change, God's word, His faithfulness, family that we love, prayer together, daily confessions of who He is, Bible memorization. Man, I'm I'll be 69 in three weeks, and I'm still doing Bible verse memories. You know, I mean that just anchors my life. And so if if we can lay hold, Paul said, like we lay hold of him who's who's laid hold of us. If I can lay hold of that which is laid hold of me, honestly, what's going on around us right now, we're gonna outlive it, we're gonna outshine it, we're gonna outlast it, and this thing will fade, and this thing will go the way of all things, but not me. You, we have eternal life. We're going to outlive every problem. We're going to outlive every trial. We're going to outlive every tribulation. You know what? I hope 10,000 years from now, we do this again and, and look back. Remember, remember when? Because we're going to endure. We are going to endure, guys. So true. I heard someone say the other day, you know, this could. This is Jesus' coming. You know, he's coming back for this. I'm like, you know what? This isn't a, a drop in a very big lake. I'm like, the world has experienced, you know, terrible problems, you know, year on, year on, year on. There's always going to be something, you know, there will always be something. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 who you are. It's it putting, you know, trust in your faith and it's living the life that you, know, you can control, just like what you said. But um, I loved what you said about, I think you said, oh, I was a couple of weeks ago now, um, about spending time on Facebook compared to his book. Yeah. You've got to open up his book, not Facebook. And it's so true, you know, because the minute you jump on there, you're bombarded with just, you know, everything of the world, as much materialism as you can muster in five seconds, you're just absolutely bombarded with it. And um, I know you love hiking and I love hiking too. And the reason why I love hiking is because it helps me escape. You know, it, it forces me to not have technology around me. It forces me to just come back to what I think is natural and peaceful and, and just quaint and perfect, you know. And I wanted to know how does silence and hiking for you come into play with your faith and how does it help you deal with, you know, all that materialism that we're constantly hit with? Wow, man. I, pretty much I feel exactly like mm, you. I thought you would. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it, plus it, I just love it, you know. Oh, but course. all the benefit that uh, that comes uh, from that is uh, is phenomenal. You know, there's something about hiking that lifts my mind out of the asphalt and bitumen and concrete world that we're just surrounded by. And the next thing you know, I'm I'm in a place uh, where <clears throat> I can breathe where I see living things everywhere, where um, I'm in uh, fellowship, intimacy with God. Sometimes when I hike, I'll listen to a book or, or something like that. If I, if I'm, but nine out of 10 times, I just want to listen to the bush. I, I do. I just want to listen, listen to what the wind sounds like right now up there in those gum trees or, or pine trees, you know, depending, depending on where I'm at and the 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 ability to just think you know some years ago my daughter and I uh, Carissa we hiked the uh, Camino de Santiago and uh, we started there in St. jean pied de and hiked uh, about um, uh, I think it was about eight or nine hundred kilometers it was 800 to uh, Santiago de Compostela and she's she you know my, I love her we're buddies we're best mates my daughter even though she's left me for another man <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. But there were so many hours on that hike where, you know, you when you've been hiking for over a month, you've probably talked, we've already talked about everything we want to talk about. And there would just be these hours, it seemed like, of just, we were together, but we didn't have to talk. Or if we did talk, it was a wow moment. Wow, sis, look at that. Oh, dad, look at that. Oh, so it was just someone to sort of like, like double the joy. But there is something that happens, I think, in your soul, as well as in your mental. Well, I, I, I'm I, not a stranger to depression. I, I've known depression since I was about 29. I never knew it before. But when I was about 29 years old, I, I got waylaid for months with depression. I didn't know anything about it. But through my life, I've had my bouts with depression. I don't fear it because now I realize after all these years of dealing with it from time to time that it's never going to take me out. It's never going to. And so I really basically, it's just a thing. And just like anything else is a thing. But I got to tell you, the edge I get in my mental and my emotional place, especially when there's a lot of stress going on, and I can get that and I don't have to go off, you know, I'm getting ready right now. Uh, I'm so much away from getting ready to do half of the Bibbulmun track in, in uh, Western Australia. That's from Perth to Albany. It's a thousand case. But I'm going to knock out about 422 of it. Uh, uh, but this, but getting, but men, but I don't have to do that because I can walk in Glenmore Park. I can get up and I, I've got a beautiful little 10K route that takes me through the bush and I come back and I don't know, there's just something about that. I think it makes me, makes me feel younger. <laughs> hey everyone, we hope that you are loving this episode. If you are and want to read more, make sure to head to lovelikethis.info. Enjoy the rest of this incredible conversation. Yeah, well, I think it, and it's hard to explain to people who don't hike often or who don't get out. It's your actual process of thinking changes. You know, it just becomes lighter and just less fast. And I just, I just love it. I love it so much. <laughs> That's all I can say. I love it. You know, Pastor Jack, um, everyone in this room and you included, like faith is our everything. And we understand the love of God and we know that it's for all people. And, you know, for some of us, like we've experienced this kind of love um, and we know it to be true. Yet sometimes we can encounter people in our lives who don't know the love of God or who question God or maybe don't believe in Him. How should we respond to these people or, I guess, navigate these relationships with what we know to be true um, without getting frustrated at people? Yeah. Wow. It's a hard question. It's a big one. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, powerful uh, and and very you know poignant and and even for me personal uh, question um, because years ago uh, my son kind of walked away from from his faith and um, and how heartbreaking how frustrating you know but I I think what what we uh, what we do is uh, is we we just love in spite of and and there obviously people are struggling with doubts and people struggle with fears heck I've struggled with my own doubts I've struggled with my own fears you know they're real I, I know that and I'm not I don't stand in judgment over anyone that is working through doubts as a matter of fact there's there's this thought that you really can't have faith and unless there's some doubt, you know, doubt almost needs to kind of be there, you know, for faith to shine and for faith to rise up. I don't think God condemns doubt at all. Um, but uh, I, I, it's it, it, in others. I think what we do is we stay consistent with our love and we stay faithful and we don't we're not judgmental and we do all the good we can to all the good we can. Uh, the Bible says, don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So how can I do good to someone who maybe doesn't believe, or maybe more than that, he's antagonistic or she, she's, you know, we're, you know, I mean, there's like a, like an enemy acting like an enemy. Um, I, I, what helps me, there's a couple of things that help me. One is I try to always look at things from not a temporal perspective, but an eternal perspective. And so I think that, I think I'm dealing with a temporary situation but I have eternal life and I'm going to live forever. And so I'm not going to let this temporary situation push me down so that I can't be helpful or useful or loving or, or, or return good for bad or, 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 you know, bless those who curse you, Jesus said. So, um, but look, people all around us, um, the many multitudes of people all around us, the, the, one of the prophets in the Bible said he saw a valley filled with people and it was called the Valley of Decision. Masses and masses of people in the Valley of Decision. Now, I know that decision is between them and God, but anything I can do to help somebody in or through that Valley of Decision to come to a place of faith in Christ, man, it would be my honor to help. And you can't always, you can't always preach somebody out of that. Some, you have to serve somebody out of that. Sometimes you have to love somebody out. Mm. I think a really good example of that is, you know, when you see someone like I, whether it's at a cafe or at church or wherever, and you just look at them and you're like, there's something, something about you that just has that, that extra spark, you know, that, that's just special something. That's always how I want to strive to be like, especially for the people who, you know, doubt my faith or who, you know, intentionally kind of go against it or whatever it is, you know, it's like, I want to be that person that they think, you know, why, why is he always happy or why is he always trying to do good things, you know? So true. To recognize that within you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. Um, Pastor Jack, we asked this question in all of our episodes and to all of our guests, if there was something you could say to your younger self, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> something I could say to my younger self, um, I would say, hold on, mate. You have no idea the ride that's in front of you. <laughs> so good. <laughs> because honestly, as a 10-year-old boy growing up, you know, very, very, you know, low everything in life, could I ever dream that I would be where I am today? And all of that is from the goodness of God. I'd say, buckle up. You have no idea what God's got in store for you. <laughs> so good. You know, it's, I, I love it when we ask that question, because sometimes for our younger guests, we ask, what would you tell your older self? Oh, and, you know, in this case, what would you tell your younger self? And the answers are always so good. You know, it's always like, this is the one thing that I, and it's always, it seems to be like, you know, try your best or take things, you know, like as they come, like all these really, um, I guess, powerful things, you know, but that's awesome. I wanted to ask you this question. I, I find myself, and we spoke about it in a past episode. Um, when I speak to God, I tend to look up. 
I, I look in the sky or I close my eyes. I'm really thinking of this distant kind of figure. But when I'm talking to Jesus, you know, I'm talking to someone next to me. I find that I always look to my left in the passenger seat of my car and, and you know, and that's how I'm kind of having these discussions with, um, with Jesus. But I guess why should someone, I guess, um, put their faith in having those conversations with God and Jesus and doing it in a way that is, I don't want to say indifferent because when I'm talking to Jesus, it's the same way that I'm talking to God, but it feels different. So, you know, why do you think it's important for people to have kind of both of those connections, especially in times like these? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, first off, when I think of God, obviously many, many thoughts, you know, I mean, how vast is God, you know, but for me, as someone, my dad left home when I was five years old and uh, never came back. My mom was married uh, multiple times. And so I'd have a stepdad every now and then in my life. But when I think of God, I just think of Father. And I have to tell you, it's so easy to talk to God as Father. So I don't really see him as, uh, you know, the massive universe fulfilling God and uh, that I look, look up to. I actually see him as so near and so dear and so close. And I have to just say something personal. During this lockdown, last year, you know, when they first locked us in, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was stressing out, man. How do we continue? How do we grow out? How do we have church, you know? No one was allowed in here. A camera. All of a sudden, for the first time in my life, the government said we can't have church. I'm thinking that only happens in communist China or something, you know. No, this here in Australia. And I took two or three weeks of having to really work through um, how do we do this? How do we, how do we, I've got lots of staff and team and how do we do this, you know. So after about two or three weeks, I felt the Lord speak to me, basically say, knock it off. This isn't about you. This is about 1,420 people who call this church their home, and you have to lead them through this. So suck it up. And so I just changed immediately. I just thought, amen, I've got to lead a team and lead our church. So saying all that to go back to Ben, your your your, your question there. So my my best place, my, my closest place to God, you know, obviously when we're out hiking and walking, but my daily closest place to God is in my early morning chair. <clears throat> And in that chair, I began to call on him that he would give me his word for the week for the people who are in their homes locked down. And this this presence of God, and I, it's like I could feel his breath on my speaking to my father, the Lord Jesus. There's nothing I would recommend to anyone more than this is pursue deep intimacy with God. Set yourself aside. Set yourself apart to where God, as you just said, brother, he's as close to you as that seat next to you. And you can speak to him and he's speaking to you. And and I think sometimes you have to dim down other voices talking about social media and stuff. Sometimes we need to dim some of that down, but we also need to amplify and turn up, put our place, put ourselves in a place where God, you know, God whispers. One of the reasons God whispers, he doesn't just shout, God whispers. One of the beauties and reasons for whispering is so we can feel his breath on our cheek. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much. So um, I'm going to ask you a last question, and I'm sorry if it is a big, a bit of a big one. Feel free to answer it in as of complex way or a simple way as you like. But you know, at the end of the day, why should people have faith? You know, why should they believe in God? Yeah, I've been thinking about that actually, um, especially, especially you know, in lockdown when when not only is the economy uh, depressed, but but people, you know, how many Aussies right now are not everyone's doing it tough. Some are doing it fine. Some are doing it okay. 
But man, there's a lot of people out of work now, out of jobs, businesses closed. And, And I'm thinking this thought, first off, it's hard enough to do all of this with faith, knowing God is good, knowing that there's an outcome. How hard is it to this with no sense of that whatsoever? How hard is it to live and go through the loss of loved ones or family or or, or, or health mm. or the loss of work? And you have no, you have nothing except you and that loss. I, honestly, my heart breaks because I can stand with Christian people who are going through those kinds of things, but they're not lost. There is a lot of loss in their life, but they're not lost. And uh, they have a hope and, and their faith anchors them. The Bible talks about faith as an anchor to our soul. What about the hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of Australians who are good people? I mean, fine people. They have no anchor. And so whichever way the wind and the tide is, they're just kind of going with it. So for me, faith, my faith in Jesus, it anchors me. I know in him that I'm okay. It is well with my soul. It may be wrong in the world. It may be upside down on, on so many you know levels, but not for me. But let me just say this too. Even when everything's going fantastic, it's still well with my soul because I have this pursuit for God and for Jesus. And so my prayer is that in a time like this, people would... I had this thought this morning, Ben. What would Jesus say right now to your listeners? What would he say to every listener? Here's what Jesus would say. No matter their circumstance, no matter their situation, no matter their, you know what, what they're going through right now. And I say that with, with a heart full of empathy. But here is what Jesus would say to every single person that is listening to a love like, here's what he would say to you. Follow me. Follow me. That's the call of Jesus. And man, that... To answer that call, I answered that call as a little boy. I've I've never turned left or right from that call since then. Follow, and I would encourage every listener right now to hear the call of, now not every, Jesus said that to many people. Some got up and left everything and followed him. One young man who had everything wouldn't leave one thing and wouldn't follow him. And so we all have to deal with that ourselves and we all, but the invitation is there for every single person, no matter where you find yourself in life, no matter how you see yourself right now, no matter what you've done, or where you've been or what you've been up to. Here's what Jesus would say to you right now. Follow me. Mm. Follow me. And man, if you'll follow Jesus, you will get you will begin the adventure of your life. Well guys, we hope you loved today's episode. You know, who would have thought that from a pastor's vision in the 80s would we find ourselves having such an incredible conversation so close to home? Pastor Jack stressed today how important it is to obey the calling from God as all love and joy stems from that trust. We spoke about how one of the best ways to get clear on your faith is to block out the noise of the world. When it comes to the struggle in trying to lead others, particularly those who don't yet have a belief in God, just remember, love in spite of. Always do as much good as you possibly can for as many people as you can. Pastor Jack also spoke on how no matter how firm you are in faith, there will always be some level of doubt. That's why you need to trust in God. And lastly, all God wants is for you to follow Him. That's how you know Him more. And that's how you put faith over everything. We'll catch you guys next Saturday.